So we begin the prayers in Tibetan. We open it with Tibetan, and at the end, when we do the prayers, we do them both in the Tibetan and the trans- and the English. Okay. So the, we do first the uh, what's called the man- short mandala offering. Just think of how you value uh, understanding, and that's what the offering the mandala is about. Okay, right. So, we are talking about the Four Noble Truths. Uh, we, I think we got into the second of the truths a little bit more than, uh, a little bit more last time. Um, do you remember the Four Noble Truths? <laughs> And why are they called noble? Uh, life is suffering. Life is suffering. There's a path that leads to, to freedom, freedom of suffering. Okay. Now, when you hear when you hear life is suffering, that, that does it give you a pessimistic view? Okay. So it's recognizing your condition, and then when you recognize your condition, and you're able to investigate the cause of the condition, then if it's a condition that you find that you enjoy, that you like, then you like knowing the cause of it will help you perpetuate it. When if it's a condition that you don't like, that you find unsatisfactory, then you can, when you understand the cause of it, then you can know. Uh, how, what to do to remove it, to remove the condition. So, actually, because when you say when you when someone says suffering, it, uh, we have the tendency to think that oh, the person is a, pes- a person is pessimistic. 
person is looking at just the bad side of life. Okay. But the, 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 the pronouncement of the Four Noble Truths by the Buddha is actually, you can, or even, even, you can even say, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pronouncing good news. It's saying, oh, by the way, your condition is understood. And because it is understood, then now we have, we, 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 we can get into a, to a state or we can get into a path of, 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 elimi- of uh, eliminating the condition. Okay. So, so, so recognizing the truth of suffering is the beginning of the path. So recognizing where you are, recognizing your condition is the beginning of the path. And only when you really can you, when you first cannot truly appreciate your condition, can you really start thinking about, can you really start uh, implementing uh, 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 a remedy, or what can you really start to implement, uh, I guess, I don't want to say the word path, but I guess I'm stuck. Yeah, you can start implementing a path that actually leads to a, to a condition that is wanted, to a condition that is satisfactory. So when the Buddha says that, uh, mentioned the truth of suffering, what is, he was saying it in comparison to nirvana, anything that is not nirvana is suffering. Okay. So that's the suffering that he was referring to. He wasn't necessarily saying that uh, there is no happiness whatsoever uh, in, uh, in in our life, that we that we never experience any uh, any happiness, but it was saying compared to nirvana, what we call what we what we call happiness. We, we, when you look at nirvana, that happiness can be can be uh, uh, labeled also suffering. Okay, but it doesn't, and also it doesn't mean that those kinds of happiness once you find it, that you're supposed to you know say oh you're supposed to try to get rid of them. You're supposed to uh, think to yourself, oh, woe is me, and look at me, I'm happy, and, uh, and it's not nirvana, happiness, okay? That's not what it's referring to, okay? So, and also, we uh, sort of uh, looked at the Four Noble Truths in a more universal way, seeing that it's not just within Buddhism that there is a concern or, or uh, a perception of, of what, what is referred to as the Four Noble Truths. That everyone, whether they, are, uh, whether they are following a philosophy, whether they're following a religion, whether they are even, whether they are even materialists, there is, there, is some, there is some foundation of the Four, four Noble Truths in there. It may not necessarily be the Four Noble Truths as it is understood in Buddhism, because if it was, then it would be in Buddhism. Okay, but it, there is some there is some, um, un, there is some understanding that can be related to the four noble truths. Like uh, the reason for doing something different is because you recognize your condition is needs to be changed. So that would be like the, the recognition of the first noble truth. Okay, and then understanding and when you start to implement some sort of uh, action that will change your condition is recognizing the truth, uh, what will be the truth of the path and having a conviction that your condition can be changed. Okay. So, uh, un- and you can, un- you can see that your condition can be changed if you see that, oh, there's a cause for it and then there's an actual, uh, uh, the, the condition that you're aspiring to, you have, a fa- you have faith in that condition. Okay. So the first noble truth is the truth of, of, of you could say, the truth of, Recognizing that your your condition is is a condition that needs to be changed. The the truth of the second uh, uh, the second truth is is a conviction that uh, these recognizing these are the elements that are causing the condition, and these are the elements that you have to manipulate, that you have to either uh, remove or you have to uh, or enhance. Okay. So that's the, that, that will be like the second truth. And the third truth is where, you, you, uh, where a lot of faith comes, comes into play. It's not something that you're experiencing, but it is something that reason has led you to believe is something that can be possible. 
like you are, you are in a condition that you want to change, and what is that you want to change? What is it that you want to change it into? So you want to change it into a condition where where you want when you're experiencing that condition, you want that condition to continue. So that's the truth of nirvana, or the truth of of uh, the cessation. It is it, believing, uh, not just believing in a in a in a soft way, but having a firm conviction that there is nirvana. And the truth of nirvana would be that the condition that I want is a condition that can be experienced. That you, that the condition that you're aspiring to. Okay, that's the truth of, of, that's the third truth. And then once you have that conviction that those, those things which are causing your condition can be manipulated, can be changed, that the condition that you're aspiring to is a condition that you can actually experience, then you start to implement, okay, what are the things that I have to do to actually get to, to get to, the, to, to this nirvana, to get to this uh, other condition? And that's the truth of the path. Okay? So, in a more universal way, you, you can say for, for the one who's, materi- who's a materialist, uh, uh, recognize, okay, uh, the condition I'm in right now, I want to change. So that's the, recogni- that's the recognition of uh, truth of suffering. Okay. So you don't need to uh, uh, ascribe the emotions that we really ascribe to, I- to the word suffering for, for, for it to necessarily be the truth of suffering. Okay. Just think of the word suffering as just, uh, just the term that is used for that condition, the condition that has to be changed, that you are presently experiencing. Okay. That's the truth of suffering. And it could be, okay, uh, I don't like being, uh, whatever it is, I don't know, your career. I don't like my career right now. Okay, that would be like the material. So I don't like my career right now. So if you believe that it is something that can be changed, then you recognize, uh, uh, first of all, recognizing that this, whatever career that you have right now is not making me happy, I'm not satisfied with it. So that's recognizing the condition that needs to be changed. And then you look at, uh, okay, w- what are the causes, what are the things that, I'm, that are in place that is keeping this condition going? Okay, now I have to change them. Okay. That's recognizing the truth of the origin of, of, of your condition. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and we may, and for the most part, we are, we are not wise as to ex- what is the true cause of our condition. And, and and so we manipulate the wrong, the, wrong, uh, the wrong elements. So instead of manipulating what is truly the cause of our condition that we want, to, we want to change, we manipulate other things. And instead of removing our condition, we, we enhance it. Okay? So that's what we have to be smart about, about the causes, what is the true cause of our condition. And... The, 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 condi- the condition that is truly an end where we are no longer experiencing our present condition that we don't want, we have to be smart about that also. So thinking that, for example, uh, uh, I will be, now I am not happy because I have this career, I will be happy when I have this career. So when you, the career that you want to change into that will be the cessation of acquiring it will be the cessation of your present condition. Okay. Now, how do I get to that change of career? Then that's the path that you have to follow. Okay. That will be, that will be the, uh, uh, an equivalent of the materialistic kind of way of, of, of the Four Noble Truths. Okay. Now, since whether you're, you're a materialist, whether you're following a religion, or whether you're following uh, a philosophy, uh, the, the goal at the end of it, you, you see yourself as being happy. You see yourself as being content. You see yourself as being finally satisfied. Since that, since that is the common, uh, the common element for all, the common aim for all these different approaches, then the one that leads truly to that state of contentment, that, that, that truly, a, a true state of true happiness, then that truth, that, that is what is called a truth. Okay. So, 
when you, when you truly identify the condition that is unwanted, then you truly identify the cause of it. Then you truly identify the condition. Uh, uh, for, for example, if you think that living in a, in a house that is red is the condition of, of being happy, then you have misidentified the, the third truth. But if you, are, if, if you somehow identify a condition where when you are in that condition you are truly happy, then you have found the truth of the cessation. Okay. And if indeed living in a red house is the condition of being truly satisfied, being truly content, then the means of acquiring a red house then is the true path. And I'm saying a bunch of things that might be confusing because I said that I'm talking about red house and we didn't come here to <laughs> learn how to live in a red house. <laughs> okay. But I'm making, uh, uh, I guess I'm trying to remove the, the, the social uh, uh, label of, of the Four Noble Truths. So it's, it's, uh, it's not necessarily that you have to you know, you have to be born as a Tibetan or you have to uh, take uh, shelter in, in, a, in a Tibetan culture and then you will find a, a real Four Noble Truth. Okay? But whoever you are, wherever you're, wherever, wherever you're growing into, even whatever, whatever you call your philosophy, your religion, or, wh- or, or your way of life, when you truly identify those, those then you have found a real Four Noble Truth. Okay? Um, now, the, the truth of suffering, what is it that is to be identified as the truth of suffering? Okay. It, it is the very body that you have, we talked about that, the very mind that you have right now, the very environment that you have right now. Whatever, or in wherever it is where you find yourself that you are experiencing dissatisfaction, that is connected with the truth of suffering. Okay. Uh, and since we are talking about uh, the Four Noble Truths, because uh, in the uh, we it was introduced as no, in in Buddhism, there's always this list. There's the four this, the four that, the five this, the five that. Well, there's a bunch of lists. There's a bunch of fours. Now, within each of these four, within each of these, there's, there's a, a list of four. Okay, and uh, there's even more than that. <laughs> now, I don't want to scare you. Uh, so, so what is it that is suffering? What is suffering is your body and your mind. And in Buddhism, the body and mind is categorized in what is called, you, you, you've heard about, probably heard of that, the five aggregates. Okay? The, it is the uh, five parts that make up a person. Okay? You can put it that way also. And what are these five aggregates? It's the body, and then the rest of it is uh, the mind. Okay? The, the, the four and it's really, and, and, and they're called aggregates because what is called the body is an aggregation of things. And what is called the mind is also an aggregation of things. And the, and the Buddha didn't spend too much time talking uh, uh, in, uh, uh, the Buddha didn't say, okay, the, the body, as far as the body is concerned, it didn't uh, break, it, break it down much. Into this, uh, into the aggregates. Okay, it wasn't like uh, the ten aggregates. You could have said the ten aggregates. And if you split the body into, okay, in the body you have the elements, in the body you have uh, the the organs, in the body you have the nerves. So you didn't go much into uh, dissecting the body into into that. But because the body is more of a, the recipient of suffering. And uh, the, as far as the cause of suffering is concerned, it's, it's more in the in the in the in the mind. So that's why the Buddha went into more into de- uh, uh, dissecting the mind. Okay. And since the since we are concerned with the truth of suffering, then we should be then the Buddha uh, focus more on the what is it that is suffering and what is it that is really. Uh, uh, responsible for the suffering that we are experiencing, okay. And he, he and the Buddha divided or, or extracted from the mind those elements that are really that, that that we should be really concerned with as far as 
what is responsible for our condition. Okay? That's why it, it, the Buddha uh, gave the five aggregates. And then the, the mind is split into, uh, what's the second aggregate? You remember? Yeah. Feelings. Okay. So feelings play a very big part in, 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 in the condition of our suffering. And, and the feeling that, when, in Buddhism, when they say feeling, they, they don't, uh, they're not referring to feeling the way we understand it. It's not what we understand as emotions. When they say feeling, it's specifically referring to three kinds of uh, phenomena. It's pleasant feelings, unpleasant feelings, and neutral feelings. That's what we're referring to as feelings. And the reason for that is, when we are having a pleasant experience, it will determine the kind of cause we put into action. When we're having an unpleasant experience, it determines what kind of cause we put into action, where we'll determine the kind of results we will get. And also, neutral feeling. So because these play such a big role in determining our actions, and determining the kind of results we will end up with. That's why the Buddha extracted these from, from, you know, from all those things that make up the, the, you know, the mental part or the non-physical part. Okay. And the next aggregate is the aggregate of feeling discrimination. discrimination. Okay. Now, in discrimination here is when you discriminate specifically, this thing is the thing that causes pleasant feeling. This thing is the thing that causes uh, uh, unpleasant feeling. And again, this thing is the thing that causes uh, neutral feeling. So when we make this kind of discrimination, again, this plays a big role uh, in determining the kind of results, the kind of condition that we are experiencing. And that's why the Buddha extracted that. Okay. So you have feeling, discrimination, and, this, um, and discrimination also... Uh, more in a neutral kind of thing. Though. This is blue, this is red, this is color, this is shape. This, this, this is what I meant by discrimination. And the next one? So you have feeling, you have discrimination. Next one, remember? Compositional factors. Compositional factors. And that one is really something, it should, should, should be being the fifth. <laughs> because it really is it's really saying everything else that you know of that's part of your mind that I've not talked about. That, that's what compositional factors is. So, so because and it's, it says compositional factors is those factors are the other factors which are composed because that are, that are also composed. And you have a lot of things which are in your mind that are composed. That is, they are made up of other things. Okay. And the last one. Consciousness. Okay. So, then the Buddha extracted these, and we know there are a lot of other things that make up the mind, like memory, uh, be able to an, uh, analyze, you know, all those kinds of things. The Buddha didn't uh, ex extract them as part of the, the, main, the main things that make up your mind. So, all the other things that are not mentioned, they're part of compositional factors. They are in, they are in that group. So, and the reason for, uh, for pointing those out rather than pointing out other things. Like uh, the Buddha could have said, okay, you're made up of... And you could have mentioned a bunch of things that are in the body and then say, oh, also, you have a mind. No, you could have said, oh, you have nerves, you have elements, you have uh, uh, blood, you have uh, veins. You could have... Huh? Glands. Glands, uh, organs. You could have gone into all those things and then you say, oh, and, that, and number five is you have a mind. Okay? But rather... Since those, those, those things that he pointed out, discrimination, feelings, because these things are very important to us. They determine the kind of actions that we take. They determine the kind of decisions that we make. And, then, and it's because of our actions, it's because of our decisions that determines the kind of experience that we have. And, and since the experience that we are, we are having is something that is mostly unsatisfactory, well, we want to get to the bottom of these unsatisfactory feelings. Okay. Now, I'm going to uh, talk about one last thing, uh, and, and also it's the environment. The five aggregates also deal with the environment. Uh, there's something that you will encounter in Buddhism, uh, the, it's called inner aggregates, outer aggregates, and then something called inner outer. Okay. And th that is simply a way of classifying uh, 
Inner means dealing with you, within your own continuum. Outer means non, uh, what you might call, uh, uh, inanimate. Okay. And then inner, outer means it's an inner for someone else. Okay. So another person. That's what inner, outer means. It's just an, a way of classifying things. You know, your, your experience. So you have your environment, and in your environment there are things which are not sentient. That's outer. And then in your environment, there are also other beings who can also say, I have an inner. So that's inner, outer. Okay. So, all these things, inner, outer, inner, outer, they all make up the truth of, of suffering. Okay. So, in your, own, your environment could be a cause of suffering for you. Like if, if you, uh, I don't know if it's 100 degrees out, well, for some people 100 degrees is okay. <laughs> for some people 90 degrees is, is awful. But, you know, it could be ex- extreme heat from the environment, extreme cold from the environment, or it could be uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, very smooth ground, or it could be very rough ground, those kind of things. So that, that could be a, a part of your truth of suffering. And when they're catastrophes? Yeah, catastrophes, uh, you know, earthquakes, uh, tsunamis, and things like that. Okay, all that's coming from the environment. Uh, and the experience of it is experienced as suffering. Okay. So you have the Four Noble Truths, and, and within each of these Four Noble Truths, I said there's like another four, four layers, right? So uh, each of these four, they're called, you know, that, that's what it becomes, you know, four times four becomes 16, so that's called the 16 aspects of the Four Noble Truths. So it's really like really emphasizing each one of, each one of these, each one of these. So... Uh, and as, as part of the name of the aspects, there's already, it's like a, a, a repeating of what is already stated as the truth. So the first aspect, or one of the aspects of each of these vulnerable truths is that truth itself. So the first aspect of, of the truth of, of suffering is suffering. Okay, what is suffering? Uh, the fact that you have to, and no, there's... So many le- levels of suffering. So there, the body, the five aggregates, experience suffering in, in different ways. In the sense of uh, uh, what you might call uh, what you call that uh, direct, ex- direct uh, what's called overt suffering. Like you know, you stub your toe, that's overt suffering. And then there's uh, suffering of change, like something that seems in the beginning to be pleasant and, and then as it continues, it becomes suffering. And then there's, and then the, and the, and there's the, and the third one, which is like all pervasive suffering. Like, uh, no matter where you are, as long as you're not in nirvana, you're, you're in, it's like uh, you're setting on suffering. Eventually, you will, suffering will get to you. It's like pervasive suffering. And there's the suffering, and there's other categories of suffering where... Uh, not, not getting what you want is suffering. Getting what you don't want is suffering, and those kinds of things. Okay, that's that's the suffering. And uh, uh, um, uh, the fact that things and this is going to be uh, uh, it's going to take a little, a little more talking to 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 explain. So let me just give their names. So, all right. So with, within the truth of suffering. The first aspect is suffering itself. The second aspect uh, is impermanence. Another aspect is uh, 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 emptiness. But, well, we'll explain it later. Another aspect is selflessness. So you have suffering, impermanence, emptiness, and selflessness. Okay. Now, these are... The, the, the conditions of, 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 of phenomena. Whatever phenomena that we encounter, they are, they are impermanent. That is, they are changing moment to moment. And why is that part of the truth of suffering? We'll get to that. <laughs> and then, empty. That is the nature of, of phenomena that we experience. So why is the fact that things are empty is part of the truth of suffering. And also selflessness. 
that is also supposed to be the truth of suffering. I mean, that's supposed to be the true of, 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 of uh, the true nature of, of things, the phenomena that we experience that they are selfless, they are empty, they are impermanent. Now, why are they? Why are these uh, natures of phenomena placed under the category of the truth of suffering? Well, it's because we, you could say, we suffer, we experience suffering along uh, in, in connection with these natures of things. Because we expect them to be not that. Because things are impermanent, we expect them to be permanent. And since they are not permanent, we experience suffering. Okay? Like, for example, you you go to a movie, and it's a very nice movie, and and, uh, you want that movie, you want that experience to continue. But it's not the nature of the movie to, to, to last forever. But because we are expecting it, we are wanting it to not be that, and it is not that, and we'll get disappointed. Okay? So it's, it's more in a sense of disa- being disappointed. That's why we, the nature of things is, su- is, is such a way, and we, ex- we want it to be something else. And because it's not that, we, we, we are disappointed, and the disappointment leads to suffering. Okay? And now the empty part has to do with... Uh, uh, it, it's not necessarily that very big philosophical uh, emptiness that we, we're racking our brains to try to understand. It's, it's, it's more in the sense of uh, things are, uh, uh, you could say more like they lack substance or they lack ultimate substance and we expect them to, have to be substantial. We expect them to be substantially real. And because they are not substantially real, they are empty of being substantially real, and, and we get disappointed of that, because we are expecting sub, some, some, some substance. Uh, let me see something. Uh, how do I explain that one? Uh, No, okay, I'll, I'll take that example. An example would be like, uh, so you get a new car and you're happy. And you think that substantially the car in substance is giving you that happiness. Okay, so we think that there is substantial happiness in that car. But because in truth, the car is empty. That's where the empty part comes from. The car is empty of having substantially that happiness. And then we are expecting the car to continually to give us happiness. And it, since it cannot, it's not its nature, and we get disappointed because you know, the car gets rusted, it loses its shine, it starts to stink, <laughs> it loses that car, the car smell. You know, and so it doesn't have those substantially in it. It is empty of those things, really. And that's when we get disappointed because you're expecting it to be substantially to really have those things. Now, the, the selflessness part also, uh, it's not that big philosophical selflessness that, you know, that gives us a headache. Okay? It's, it's really uh, thinking that uh, it's the self that we think we have, it's the self that we think continues, that we expect to, to uh, that we, uh, we think that is fixed. And because there is no such self. So, you can say, it's going to confuse you maybe. The self doesn't have that self. Okay? The self that we experience, the self that we, no, that we, um, like I'm talking me, that self, and then there's the self that I think the self is. So, that self, which is talking to you, doesn't have that self that I think that self has. Well, is that like the self, like, as a child, we see ourselves a certain way, and then we get older, but some part of us still kind of is hanging on to that youth part, and then we get middle-aged, and then some part of us is still hanging on to that young adult, and then we get old and have all these problems, and we want to go back, (laughs) not have those problems, and we have this image of the self, that's not, that is an existence. Yeah, so it's, it's like there's this image that we have of the self. 
And that image is, uh, has nothing to do with the self. Okay, so the self, that's what the selfless come, comes in. That self is without <laughs> that image of, of self that we hold on to. And because we are expecting that self to be, to be found, and it cannot, be, it cannot be found, it doesn't, because it doesn't exist, it's just our imagination, and we get disappointed. Okay. So, it's, so that's, where the, that's where these aspects are connected to the truth of suffering. Okay. So you can say uh, the truth of suffering is really the truth of disappointment. We are expecting something from what we experience that what we experience has no way of giving, of giving, of, 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 of uh, delivering. Okay. So when we are having, when we are in a nice situation, uh, you know, uh, whatever that nice situation may be, and then, and the expectation for it to continue is because we are grasping onto something about it that does that it doesn't have. Okay. And then, and because it doesn't have it, and because we are expecting it to have, for, for it to have it, and we get disappointed, and the disappointment comes because of that. Okay? So, and, and when you've intellectualized this for a long time, and it remains at the level of, of, of just the intellect, and it becomes something that, you know, what's the big deal? But you have to really find out, okay, what's the big deal about this? That the one that is called the Buddha made that his first pronouncement, and it is the it is the thing, it is the uh, uh, the teaching that no matter what form of Buddhism that that you that you follow, that you all agree upon. So there's something there's some there's some some uh, significance to this four noble truth. There's some significance to to this that even rival uh, not rival like you know that they killing each other, but rival in a sense in terms of philosophy, in terms of uh, ideas or in terms of what they accept, there is this thing, there's this one thing that they all agree upon, that they all accept. Okay? So, you have to really look into your, into your, into your life. You have to really look into, uh, into your disappointments. Okay? Why are you feeling disappointed? How did you get, end up with disappointment? What were you expecting? And that thing that you were expecting Whatever, whether you're expecting it from yourself or whether you're expecting it from something outside of you, what is it that you are, you are, you are holding on to? Is it, is it something that should be expected? Is it something that uh, you are fooled? Is it something that uh, you shouldn't be expecting? So we have to really look into, into that. Okay. So, uh, of course, uh, when we, if we are having a nice experience, uh, uh, I keep thinking of, I don't, I don't know when exactly, but there was this idea in my mind. There's a period of, 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 uh, of, of time in my childhood, maybe around, I don't know, three, four, five, around that time. And for some reason, when I, when I think of, of that time, I, I think of myself as always being happy. Okay. I've always been happy, but I don't know exactly what was going on in my mind, I don't know what was going on in my, in my environment, but for some reason, I want to go back to that, to, that, you know, to that period of time when I was really happy. So I think that I was really happy. Okay, let me put it this way. I think I was really happy. And something happened. Something changed. Either... Uh, either someone or something came and extracted that thing that was making me happy and now I'm, I'm unhappy. So I'm thinking, the way I think about that thing, now, you see, I'm already thinking that there is a really other thing. <laughs> so I'm thinking that that thing is, is something that uh, is still exists somewhere. I have to go and find it. Okay? That's me grasping onto permanence. Okay? So I'm thinking, I'm ascribing to that happiness as, as a, a permanent condition that still exists somehow. I have to go and eat, uh, I have to either find a time machine and then go back there and get it. Or, or maybe it, 
I had to make my father exist exactly the way he was at that time. I had to make my mother exist the way she existed at that time. I have to make my house exist exactly the way it was at that time. And then somehow, if I can make every, freeze everything, then I will, I will be happy forever. Okay? But the thing is, is that possible? <laughs> but for some reason within me, I want that. That's because I'm grasping onto permanence. I just have to get to the realization that it's those things just don't have the capacity. It's not in their nature to be permanent. Then the disappointment I am carrying, and maybe I can, I'll, be, I can, I'll be free of that disappointment. Well, I was thinking, you know, that it has to do not so much with the things around outside of yourself, but mm-hmm. as a three-year-old, you know, as a, ch- a young child, there's that innocence. So everything we do, we give it 100% of our attention. It's almost like a meditation. You know, we're mm-hmm. totally in the activity. Nothing else exists. And then as we get older, lots of things exist outside of the activity that takes us away. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, like on a spiritual level, it seems like that's what we're striving for again, to get back to that, almost the innocence of a child, or, or to that place where you can be so focused. I'm not talking really about meditation, about anything, even reading. You mm-hmm. know, something that you want to you get it. You know, you want to understand it. You know, there's this strong desire mm-hmm. to get back there, but our minds are distracted by a million things, not like that little child's mind mm-hmm. who is so focused. Well, I, I have to say, uh, I'm going to say something that's going to, I mean, when you, when you put the word ch- child in there, no one wants to hurt that, right? Even, even the idea holding the word child if I attack that idea, I'm going to seem like a, some sort of evil person. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think uh, definitely there is a state of mind that the child has uh, before you know, it, it's filled with you know, uh, labels for things, before it's filled with distraction. That makes it uh, uh, ideal. But it doesn't mean that that's itself is is the ultimate goal. We want to have that, we want to be able to get into that state of mind again so we can do something with that state of mind. But that state of mind itself shouldn't be the, the goal because we had that state of mind already. And here we are not, and we are something happened and somehow we lost it. So we want to be able to make use of that state of mind so we can get somewhere truly satisfactory. Okay. So it's not that uh, uh, I think also it's not that every single day when I was three years old or from three to five or whatever that I was very happy. It could be that there was one moment of happiness that was so intense that it colored the entire three years. Because I mean, I, I've seen three-year-olds. They're not happy every single moment. Right? <laughs> right? So somehow, <laughs> but somehow I'm 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 fixated on the idea that I was happy every single day when I was from three to five, but from, but from what, when I see other three-year-olds, and I know that's that's not their condition, but some, but but somehow I'm, I I think oh I was special, when I when I was three years old I was happy all the time I don't know what's up with that kid <laughs> for not being happy all the time but uh, I was that way. Okay, but it, it, it's that moment when I was happy, and because of the mind of a three-year-old, and uh, somehow I'm, 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 uh, it was so intense that later on I'm able to color the, my entire three, uh, you know, that time that way. So I want to. Uh, that makes me think that some uh, uh, ascribing, uh, well, ascribing, yeah, uh, uh, putting permanence into that or, or should I say wanting it to be permanent wanting it to be permanent when it doesn't have the capacity to be permanent gives us the, the disappointment now here, here is the good news I was happy I cannot deny it so if I understand the conditions that, that brought about that state of happiness then I can just keep collecting those conditions. And understanding that it is impermanent, I'm going to work 
Instead of saying, oh, he's happy, that's okay, I can stop working. Whew, I can stop working, I'm happy. So if, if I do that, if, if it's me thinking that it's going to last forever. I have found, I, I found it. But if I understand that it is not, if it's not permanent, then I have to work to continue to experience this happiness. It's not that I'm wrong to want to, be that, to have that happiness. I'm wrong to think that the happiness will last forever. Then I don't, I don't have to do any more work. Okay. It's understanding that, oh, it's impermanent, but, but here's an, I cannot deny the experience. Okay, what are those things that are, that, are, that, are, that, are, that are gathered together to bring this experience? So let me continue to gather them so I can continue to have this experience of happiness. All right, uh, and then next week we go over the second truth, <laughs> and we go into the second aspects. I mean the the uh, aspects, the four aspects of the of the second truth, and it's, and it's all related, just like the the uh, they're related to uh, the aspect that we talked about are related to suffering, so they are also related to the cause, or related to, and so on and so forth. Any questions? You're saying that the root of all suffering is disappointment, fixed. It comes down to that. Uh, disappointment. I wouldn't call it the root of suffering, but I would. Uh, I would say it's it's uh, it's uh, strongly connected. <laughs> strongly connected. Well, because of because of a particular. Yeah, because we have a particular view of our experience. And because that view is wrong, it leads to disappointment. So we end up being disappointed. So it's all inner, because we're the only yeah, ones yeah. that could label it. Yeah, that's yeah, it's all inner. But what happens when something from the outside... It's how you interpret it. It's how your, in, your inward, inner side interpret it. How you process it. You want to say something? Okay. No questions. That means you perfectly understood it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think. Uh, okay. Doesn't that, at some point, take away from your ability to enjoy the moment? If you, if you constantly think this is. The disappointment comes in expecting it not to be impermanent. Right, but if you if you understand that you know this 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 this, uh, this moment is impermanent, uh-huh. and so well, you know I'm not going to get I'm just not, I can't even enjoy it now because I know it's it's about to to go. Or you, or you mean uh, while you're having a, a, a pleasant experience, and while you're having that, you're holding in your mind. Oh, this is impermanent. It's not gonna last. Then it will make you not enjoy it. That's what you're referring to, right? No, the the understanding that it is impermanent will make you not uh, attach yourself to it in a way of thinking that uh, when it comes to an end, you 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 are you are surprised that it ends, that it ended. And also more in a sense of knowing that it's, uh, it is impermanent, meaning that impermanent means that also not, not only that it doesn't last, but also it helps you to understand that it came into existence. It is impermanent because it came into it was brought into existence because of factors, because of conditions. And so whenever those factors and conditions are present. Then it, it it will it, it will come into being, and knowing that knowing that it is the nature of of, of, of experiences, the nat- it is the nature of things, then that will inform you to, oh, now I'm having this experience. If I can understand the causes and conditions that brought it about, I can continue to associate or gather those causes and conditions. But I, and as you continue to gather causes and conditions. They will, they, will, they will ripen, they will last for a moment at a time, and then you have more, co- more causes and conditions that will bring about the same experience. So you can continue 
to experience the, the, the pleasant experience if you continue to gather the causes and conditions that will ripen into it. And, and that, is, uh, 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 that is part of getting to that understanding. And the reason for, for going into that, to, to that, to, to that, to that uh, state, to that mind, to that uh, uh, thinking, while you're having that experience, is to be disenchanted. It's to uh, remove, uh, what do you call it, the, the veil, so to speak, so that you don't end up disappointed all the time. And then you, 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 and the disenchantment will be, will be directed towards the conditions that brings about the unwanted condition. Or is that? You understood that? I don't think I understood it when I said. The disenchantment that you experience. Oh, this is not going to last. This is impermanent. This very this 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 uh, enchantment that you will that you are cultivating is toward the very condition of suffering itself, and that means towards the causes that brings about the the the, the experience of suffering. So that eventually you abandon those causes that brings about suffering. If you could analyze the condition and try to replicate it so it gives you more pleasure, but right. knowing that it's not permanent, how do you know that condition will occur again? Because nothing's permanent. You don't know if you'll have the same experience. Uh, uh, are you applying nothing is permanent to the condition that brings about the experience of... Yeah, of, of I'm having a hard time figuring out what the condition is. Mm. Oh, no, oh yeah, we're, we're, all trying to want, we're all trying to find out what, what are those real, what are those actual conditions and causes that brings, that, that brings about happiness so that we can perpetually gather those conditions. Now, remember, impermanence also means that it arises out of conditions. Whenever, and... and uh, we say every specific result has a specific causes and specific conditions that brings it. So whenever you bring, whenever you gather those specific causes, those specific conditions, they will always give the same result. Their impermanence is that those conditions won't last. Those causes will not last. That's their impermanence, and it's just their nature. They're always they're always changing. And the changing uh, also is, is not so much that uh, it, more the changes of coming into being, well, the appearance of coming into being and in going out of existence. That's the changing. It's not so much the changing like uh, now it's nice, now it's not nice. That's not that's not that's not what the that's not what impermanence is referring to. Okay. Yes, there is that experience. It seems to be nice. And now it's appearing to be not nice. Because right. I thought I had the same element. Mm -hmm. It's like a recipe. Yeah. I brought it all together. Mm -hmm. Now why am I not experiencing it the same way? Yeah. That means you didn't get the same. You, you don't. You don't really have. You thought you had the same recipe, but it's not the same recipe. That's a hard one to wrap your mind around. But the thing is, we cannot deny those moments of, of happiness. And they came from some cause, some condition. So we just have to find, and and, and that, that's what we are. That's what we are doing every day, trying to find, trying to duplicate that recipe. And it's a, a, a common tendency to think that the cause for happiness is outside of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, or, or it, it becomes in, in almost instinct. Uh, even when you intellectually uh, accept, you know, it's coming from inside, and as soon as you're, you're experiencing some unpleasant experience, you're looking for something outside to make you happy. Ed, you were going to say something? Yeah, no, no. No. <laughs> okay. Now, you going to send the impermanent? Yes, and just when I think I've grasped it, it's 
escapes me. Oh. I have to think about. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so you got four and four and five. You're making lists. Four number truths, four aspects of, of the first, and the five aggregates. being happy is part of this condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you accept it as being part of this condition. But you don't accept it as in a sense of this is how I have there's nothing I can do about it. Right. That's not the acceptance. But the acceptance that this is how it is. And the, the other but do not make the exception the accepting to be I'm going to be like this no matter how no matter when, yeah, no matter where I am, no matter how long into the future I am, I'm gonna, always going to be like this. That's not the acceptance that you want. Yeah. And, and it's part of uh, uh, recognizing the truth of suffering is, has to do with an acceptance. Okay. It's, it's accepting. Okay, this is what things are. But they don't always have to be that way. That's not, that's not the... That's not the acceptance that you're being asked to do with the four number truth. Seems confusing. So you're supposed to accept and not accept. <laughs> there's something that is proper to accept, there's something that is not proper to accept. Because happiness is not permanent, so it's just the opposite of unkind happiness. Or like just a contentment. Yeah. So, uh, no. Uh, Happiness not being permanent doesn't mean that uh, you cannot always be happy. It's just that you have to continue. There's there's something. There's a mechanism that has to continue to work for the for the happiness to continue. We just have to find what is that mechanism. Now it has something to say. Well, I mean, unhappiness is impermanent as well. Yeah. And so, if you take happiness and say it's not, and then you fall into the state where now you've taken unhappiness mm-hmm. and put that as something that's always there, mm-hmm. you have now become attached to unhappiness. To unhappiness. Yeah. And that is what you were just pointing. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. And that is as much of an error. And the point is that you can uh, just have to accept that we're in the state, okay, because we're not uh, enlightened. Mm-hmm. And so, so we're in the state. We're all in the state because we're not enlightened. And so, but we can become enlightened. Mm-hmm. We need to be out of the state. And so, whether whether you're labeling it happiness or unhappiness, you can't be attached to those kind of things mm-hmm. that you start uh, attaching yourself to, <laughs> uh, yeah. because then you, you won't be able to become enlightened. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'm going to say the one last thing. It's, it's a uh, supposedly something that Papa Sambaba said. I said supposedly because. I don't know. <laughs> I, I read somewhere that Pamasambhava said it. Uh, it uh, was it Pamasambhava? No, I'm forgetting it was Pamasambhava. <laughs> it's uh, where, maybe it was someone else. No, never mind. It, says, uh, the, it was like a, an, uh, what do you call that, an order uh, given to a disciple where, where, where the disciple said, don't desire. And right after that, Pamasambhava said, Desire. Okay. So it's like there are things. It's not like desire itself should be thrown out. It's just that it depends on the context. Okay. All right. I said that was the last thing. I'm gonna keep that promise. Discrimination. Hmm. 
No, more in a sense of uh, it is right to want to be happy. And when that uh, wanting to be happy becomes afflictive, when it becomes something that doesn't really lead to, to happiness, then you should not desire. Yeah. Right, so you're not saying desire is right or wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not right or wrong, desire itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're scratching your head? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Now, uh, I said I wasn't going to say anything, but I have to say this. (laughs) 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 This list that uh, that I'm giving you, you the four number truths, and having an understanding of them, the four aspects of each, that's another list, and then the five aggregates, and then we're going to split the aggregates into further if if we get into... Uh, if you get into it, more or less, is on this, and these are considered to be uh, the fundamental uh, fundamentals of Buddhism. Okay, if you don't have if you don't have a good grasp of these lists, later on when you get into some more, more much more sophisticated teachings, especially uh, when you get into uh, teachings that goes into high symbolism then those symbols will not have much meaning for you. Even no matter what name, no matter how holy they are, they are called. Okay. And when you grasp these fundamentals, then these high symbols have greater meaning for you. They have greater impact for you. Okay. So that's the motivation for getting those lists. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so page 16, we're going to do both 16 and 17. So before we did this, we was to be think of the value of what we are the understanding that we are ascribing value to the understanding that we are seeking. Now it's giving uh, thanks for the understanding that we got. Okay. This is putting your good merit in, 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 in a bank. Okay, that's what dedication is. So whatever merit you gain, you want to dedicate it to obtaining something worth getting. next Sunday? Something is happening next Sunday, right? Yeah. Oh, this is Dargis teaching the three jewels. Ah, this is Dargis teaching the three jewels yeah, yeah. and the two truths. So, so, we have to make a decision. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gishadagi is teaching uh, a very wonderful topic that is 
uh, much that that that, is, that has caused that is very very important to understand, and because it's very important to understand, it has caused a lot of confusion. So uh, it would be very good if you could attend that and and get something out of it. And and the approach that Geshe Daga is u- using to teach it is very very nice, very uh, unique. So u- unique in a sense of uh, for you to really incorporate it in, into your own understanding. Okay. So I would uh, advise <laughs> that you go try to attend that. It's in uh, in East Village in New York. Uh, what's the address? Sixty-two. Sixty-one Fourth Avenue between ninth and tenth. Ninth and tenth. Yeah. At one o'clock. One o'clock, right? Uh, one or one thirty. One or one thirty. Sh- if you're on the BNKL email list, you should get an email then. Yeah. If you're not, then you put yourself on the email list. Or bug it. <laughs> So then you're not going to attend? No, are you, are you, will you attend? Will you come here next Sunday? Will you be here next Sunday? You'll be here next Sunday? Yes. You'll be here next Sunday? Okay. You'll be here next Sunday? Well, I'll be here next Sunday then. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take you away from that you want to have, so I can do that. I'll do it. I'll be here. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Next weekend. Sorry? That's next weekend? The one, the one following. Oh yeah, I guess I have to be here next weekend because I'm going to be Mahamuja the other weekend. It's next weekend? 21st. 20, 20 something, right? Of, of August. Or the 22nd. The 22nd, 23rd, something like that. Okay, so definitely I won't be the, here the following uh, weekend. Two weeks from now you will not be here. I will not be here. But I'll be here next weekend. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay.